Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. If you're there, you get all of our other South Florida sports content. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn your notifications on. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. During the NBA Finals, Collins from Mateo Mayorga and Brady Hawk. You can find them there without a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We always mention prize picks. Use the code FIVE. Definitely use the code FIVE this week. They got all kinds of promos going on here. Of course, you can play any sport, but we're promoting the NBA Finals. Use the code FIVE to get your initial deposit matched up to $100. Download this fantasy pro- app from the prizepicks.com, <laughs> the Apple App Store, or the Google Play Store. Again, it's prizepicks.com. Use the code FIVE. We're also sponsored here by Keystone Chiropractic. That's our friend, Dr. Jonathan Chung. Been with us here from the beginning. Great guy. Lives up in Palm Beach County. We can service you all over South Florida. He's a board-certified chiropractic in chiropractic neurology. He specializes in chronic pain, dizziness, and post-concussion syndrome. He's got a new sports vision training program that's used by athletes by Steph Curry, and he offers in-person, and as I mentioned, telehealth consultations at an affordable price. So mention five reasons. And again, you don't have to live in Palm Beach County. He can still work with you anyway. So check him out at Dr. Jonathan Chung on Twitter or Keystone, excuse me, chiropractickeystone.com. Again, that's chiropractickeystone.com. And now, today's episode. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick on the Five Reasons Sports. I am back from Denver, back in South Florida. We got Brady Hawk. Follow him at Brady Hawk 305 and Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. They are all in South Florida. We're all going to be at Game 3, which comes up here on Wednesday night. Series tied at 1, the NBA Finals, Denver and Miami. And what we're going to do, we did not prepare for this one. I know I mentioned that many times on previous episodes. I'm going to just scroll through some of the strategic narratives that have popped up in this series uh some of which obviously i heard when i was out in denver and some of which have sort of made the rounds today so let's go through these and the number one is the one that got eric spolcher so irritated and he kind of went off on an espn reporter about it but i actually thought it was a reasonable question is it right to say considering the fact uh i'll start with you here alex considering the fact that the nuggets are zero and three in the postseason when they've won almost all of their games when Nikola Jokic scores 40 or more, which is what he just did in the last game, is it fair to say that you want to make Nikola Jokic a scorer instead of more of a facilitator? He had four assists in all of game two, and he had 10 assists in the first half of game one. Well, of course, it's fair to say. I I think Spo has taken on just a different sort of, um, I don't even want to call it defensiveness. It's more just like, you know, maybe defensiveness is a good word just because, it, you know, the, the whole organization is about defense first. And it's like he's always, um, you know, in his defensive stance when he's out there on the podium. He's waiting for the reporter to mess up so that he can go in and, you know, get the steal and kind of embarrass. No, I'm, I'm exaggerating. He's not really like that. I just think sometimes he gets kind of tired of hearing things over and over again, especially when a when a topic is kind of hammered like that. And, um, you know. 
just like we might get annoyed with certain narratives he does too and that's kind of his time to voice it and you know he he did it to somebody who has been around for a long time who i think can is probably you know she, she can take it right she's been there forever it's not going to affect her livelihood but really i just think of course it's fair I, and they they did it like they they made the mvp who is maybe the best playmaker in the league best passer in the league and maybe the most tough just the toughest individual to guard in this moment you made him uncomfortable i meant i mentioned this last night by taking him taking him jesus taking him out of his game and you know four assists five turnovers along with forcing him into 28 shots that i mean that's the blueprint right there you're not you're probably not going to be able to do this every time like like i said i think if he just comes back tomorrow and it's more of kind of what he did in game 1 or something closer to that i would not be surprised he is that good and i'm sure they're going to hit the film and see what they can do to, you know, kind of mitigate that plan. But I also think Spo doesn't like, you know, he, he won't admit that he's doing certain things also too. He doesn't want to talk about the game plan and all of that just came together. And, you know, he, he he's good at what he does. I'll just say that. Yeah, no, I mean, he clearly wanted to throw a shot across the bow there. He's done this a couple of times. Uh, he does it more. And I know Alex, you're sort of <laughs> speaking to a little bit of experience here. We've all dealt with this locally, but I feel like it's more to the national folks that he's frustrated. They haven't watched his team. I, that, that's the sort of thing that comes across, particularly with a certain four letter network of which this very esteemed reporter happens to belong to. Um, but Brady, I, I mean, again, what I noticed in the first half and I was sitting with Mateo and I said this, I said, Gordon and Porter aren't getting into this game that it, it, it's basically all Jokic at this point. And we saw that, that mattered late because they didn't have other guys who were kind of engaged and were in rhythm when it mattered. And even Jamal Murray really didn't get into rhythm. So do you think this is a real thing or do you sort of agree with Spo that we're making something out of nothing? Well, I'll say in terms of the, the Gordon Porter type stuff, I think that has to do more with his initial adjustment, which was to throw Kevin Love into the starting lineup. Like that's what pretty much threw that off because we saw in game one, it was like, Aaron Gordon with Gabe Vincent on his back possession after possession for, for post up into a layup. And it was like, then they switched things up and now loves guarding Aaron Gordon and helping off. He's kind of taken out of the game plan. If he wants an open, take a open to, to early contested three, he can have it. Uh, and Porter just kind of has carried over two straight games. What we talked about with Max Struess in game one, it's just been like, he just has not been uh, the shooter that he was in previous series in this playoff run. So with that said, it still does feel like a thing in terms of uh, they're willing. I don't know if it's as like, okay, we'll make Jokic a score. I view it as we're okay with Bam guarding Jokic one-on-one. -on -one. Like that, that's kind of where I see it because they there's still times where they'll send a double down. There's still times when they'll do different things. But when Bam out of pie was on the court, they're like, if he's, he's making it tough, like even looking at his shots that he had that Jokic was scoring, they were some tough shots he had to hit. That's why he's just a very good player. But man, Bam was making him work. So they're still okay with him going one-on-one -on -one in that way. Uh, and I just like them when they stay home on shooters in that way. Like, if they're going to do that, I like that range. And then also, as I talked about the initial adjustment with Kevin Love, it helps when they also, when they made that adjustment, they put Jimmy on Jamal Murray. So Jimmy is now not being a helper anymore either. Jimmy is saying, you're basically saying to yourself, Jimmy, you're glued to Jamal Murray. There were times in that game as well where Jimmy, like, he started to help down to Jokic when he was guarding Jamal Murray. And it was like, wait, don't do not do that. Like, you're not guarding Aaron Gordon anymore. Uh so it just seems like this is the game plan change. It's not that they're just saying that picking one or the other, because you really can't like, that's just that sim simplifying things. I think that's where he's getting it. Uh, but definitely the game plan, the light of shift is definitely leaning in one direction more than the other. 
All right, we're going to talk about Jimmy Butler narrative number two here. As we go forward, I do want to mention another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's You Break, We'll Fix. It starts with you. Actually going to be one of our sponsors at our Game 5 watch party. Just announcing that now, actually. It's going to be at Tropical Distillers on Monday night, Game 5. Uh, we'll have some of the crew from Five on the Floor there and others, other sponsors. We're going to have drink specials, all kinds of cool stuff. But also our guy Mark's going to be there. So you can find him usually, though, at You Break, We'll Fix. That's based in North Miami, the complete automotive wheel solution. If you ever park too close to the sidewalk curb, I know I have, you break wheel fix, specializes in the repair of damaged wheels from bends, cracks, curb rash, and more. They also do the refinishing, the powder coating, the cool colors, and all the rest of that stuff. 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112. Find them at you break wheel fix or you break wheel Again, they're based in the Aventura area all right let's get to jimmy butler here because I, I tweeted this last night and to me this is the most remarkable part of this run it was somewhat explainable when you had jimmy butler playing like michael jordan but the jimmy butler of the last sort of eight to nine games has not been that not that he hasn't had good moments not that he hasn't been important but he's played like a star he hasn't played like an otherworldly being lately and look there are a lot of reasons for that i watched him hobble to the scorers table yesterday i thought he was kind of a troll then he hobbled down onto the court he was hobbling on defense Clearly the ankle or something else is bothering him to some degree. There are other things that have been up in the air. I'm not going to repeat those. I'll let the national carnival barkers do that and get into people's personal lives. I'm not going to do that. But we've mentioned he's been dealing with a bunch of stuff here. Um, so I'll go to you first on this, Brady. Can they win this series if Jimmy is just this? If he's good, if he has moments of takeover, particularly on the defensive end, but if he's just this on offense, which is – Pretty much pretty close to regular season, Jimmy, maybe slightly better. So I'll start by saying I feel like we put an asterisk next to different things throughout this playoff run. Like, if you get this, can they still win? And we're like, no. And then they find a way to win. They're like, can they still shoot at this level and find a way to win in this series? And then they do it. And it's like it's over and over and over again where we doubt a certain thing and it still happens. On paper, they shouldn't be able to win this series if Jimmy looks like this. There, there's just certain games that they're just going to need him to enter takeover mode, it feels, because there feels like they're a point where maybe Gabe doesn't isn't hitting the pull-ups and the catch-and-shoots that he's hitting, or maybe Bam isn't hitting the bunnies that he's hitting. But then again, they might just be able to grind their way through this. Like, there's a small chance of, like, as bad as I thought that Jimmy wasn't at game one, and I even game two, it just seemed like he was just slow to get to his spots in general. He hit timely ones. Like you think about that, there was the stretch in early in the fourth quarter where he got like back, he had a three and then he got an and one down the baseline. And then late in the game, he runs Jimmy Bam pick and roll down the stretch and he gets a pull up jumper and he feeds Bam and it ends up kind of icing the game away. So he hits timely buckets when needed. So there's a chance that you don't get this unworldly Jimmy Butler and they still find ways to win. But when you're talking about needing to win three of the next five games, you're going to need some version of top Jimmy, and especially at home. And I think that's why this is interesting and it's a good time to talk about this because now they head home and in your head you're like, they just got their split that they need, but now you need to take care of both of these games. And it's one game at a time, but you need both of these to really like put yourself in a great position in this series. Uh, and I just, I, I we've watched too many of these games at home in this playoff run to not think that Jimmy has to be great at home because he's the one that feeds into the crowd. He's the one that gets the role players going that then they start feeding into the crowd. And there's just things that I think transcend X and O's in that building that they just need from him. Uh, and look, it, it's not even about the the scoring numbers and all that stuff. They found, like I said before, they found something defensively, and they're gonna have to adjust all over the place. This is not the final adjustment. They're not just gonna be able to stay on this exact matchup. 
But they found something with putting kind of matching up the Murray Jokic pick and roll with Jimmy and Bam. And if Jimmy's not going to be unworldly on the offensive end, he's going to have to be pretty great defensively the rest of this series for them to kind of grind this way out guarding Jamal Murray because he had a pretty – he didn't have a, a, a fantastic game. He had a decent game, Jamal Murray, in game two. But if you can hold him in that way, that puts you in a great position, kind of position alone. So I don't know about the bare numbers, Ethan, but I will say they need him to be good or great at least on one of the two ends for them to kind of grind this out. So Alex, you know, I mentioned not just him sort of hobbling to the scorer's table, but there were a couple of sequences. There was one where he threw up that wild lefty layup uh, on the break, which I felt was because he couldn't sort of elevate to the rim. And there was another time where there was, there was a break situation. And he, again, he, I felt like two weeks ago uh, or before the Josh Hart thing, he would have gotten the ball gone, flushed it, but it doesn't seem like that's happening right now. So how effective does he need to be? I mean, put a level at it, if, if you can, for them to win this series. I think, you know, kind of something slightly better than what he's shown through two games in this finals. I think if you clean up some of the scoring, and I think he he, he hasn't found the balance yet between um, the playmaking and the scoring. I think he, he got his field goal attempts up this game, which, you know, you, you have to see in a finals game. Like, Jimmy has to take – a certain amount of shots and he has to take certain shots that are there for him. I understand that, you know, he's pretty much always going to play the right way. He's not going to take those early clock shots that they're kind of, um, you know, that there's sometimes space to take into, I mean, to take, and I, I sometimes get frustrated that he doesn't take um, just because I think you, you want to scare the defense a little bit and, and make them think he, he might just take that shot. But at the end of the day, he's just playing basketball the right way. He said that, you know, plenty of times in, uh, pressers and and I really do believe it. Just his process is he's going he's going to simplify the game as much as he can. And a lot of times, what he's seeing is um, kind of the Nuggets' help defense loading up, especially as he's ready, getting ready to make his move. And that's when he kind of passes out, and it's either to a shooter who's wide open or to um, the person that's being shaded or, or helped off of that ends up making a play off the catch and gets the next thing moving. And I think really that's kind of the stuff that has set them apart from their regular season offense is just um, blending some of the stuff that they were doing in the regular season with the stuff that they've done in past years, you know, specifically with the perimeter oriented actions um, with the handoffs and the constant weak side uh, movement, all that stuff. I, you know, I, I think they, they're really, you know, generating great looks because of the way that teams are defending them. And, and even though the nuggets are mixing in all these different looks, um, Jimmy is just kind of going down there and, and diagnosing what needs to be done. And he not only sees that they're dropping for him, that doesn't mean he has to go out there and take every mid-range pull-up that they're allowing him to. He can attack the drop, you know, engage that help defense, and then get the rest of the offense moving. Just like, you know, um, running a handoff with with, Stru uh, with Struce or Robinson gets the defense moving on one side of the court. It's all about, you know, how can I move the move the defense and make something happen with the offense? I don't think Jimmy's first option is is always to score i think that the, the option to score is he, he when he is going to score is because that's what he feels like he needs to do and i like the way that he reads the game but all that being said i think he needs to be you know just a little bit better and attack the rim more but all that is just again um just like making Jokic into a score is so much easier said than done you can be sharp with your principles actually executing it is so hard. And just because they did it in one game doesn't mean they're going to be able to do it again. Just like that, it's just going to be so hard for 
Jimmy to kind of be relentless as an attacker because of the ankle stuff. I know he's never going to admit it, but I really do think it's affecting him. Like all these high usage, high uh, minutes games and just all, all these games that have taken place since he's injured that ankle, I, he's not giving it time to heal. And you don't want him to sit, of, of course not. But because of that, you know, this is the kind of stuff that happens. And I think he's fallen off a little bit and now it's just kind of about pacing himself. Yeah, I mean, this is an injury that typically I was told yesterday would have been four to five weeks uh, that, that he would have taken off during the regular season. So that puts it in some perspective. All right, when we come back, I'm holding you guys to this. We're doing rapid fire. You got 30 seconds each on each of these questions. I'm going to buzz you and go to the next. OK, so we're going to do some rapid fire and some other strategy stuff. We do want to mention you need a strategy for gambling because you got to be playing better edge. Better edge is one where you can play against others. You're not playing against the book. It's legal in 44 states, including the state of Florida. So that, so go to betteredge.com, play in our competitions. We've got all kinds of specials that we run there, different promos. If you use the code 5RSN, that's the number 5RSN, you get $20 to play. That's at betteredge. That's with an O, betteredge.com. All right, we're going to go here quick. First one here. Who is more important for the rest of this series, Brady Hawk? Caleb Martin or Duncan Robinson? Caleb Martin. To be honest, I, I think he's more important just because if they don't get what they've gotten from Duncan Robinson, they have another guy in the roster that can give it to them. And I know you could say that in the context of Haywood Highsmith, but it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. So I think they're going to need Caleb Martin a little bit more. Even looking at, I know you said rapid fire, but really quickly, the, the stuff he was doing in the fourth quarter, I, he always just hits a clutch shot down the stretch of these big games somehow in the corner. I just can't get over that. But the way he was batting at the top of that zone, he was instrumental by getting Jokic out of the, the out of that free throw line area in that zone in the fourth quarter. So they're going to need him to still play heavy minutes. And, and it's still funny, as much as we talk about the Zeller minutes, Spo is still going to be more like not, even after the Highsmith game that we saw in game one, it's still not willing to give him like a crazy amount of backup five minutes or anything like that. So Caleb's still going to probably be just as important. And Caleb did that uh, with migraines too, um, which you it, can tell too. Kid- he can, right, and can be a condition of the altitude and all the rest of that. So everything else he was dealing with. I do think they're playing him differently, which is making things harder for him. Uh, but I understand what you're saying about Caleb there specifically. All right, I'm going to go to you on this, Alex. Uh, some conversation about this. The Nuggets are only playing eight. Spolster played 10 in the first quarter of the last game, and that doesn't include the guy we're going to talk about before we get out of this episode. Will the Nuggets short bench hurt them by the end of this series? Braun is their eighth. He's you know He's playing like 15 minutes. I think there's a case to be made for that, you know, just depending on how many minutes you're playing, guys. Um, I don't have the minutes played for, like, Jokic and Murray in front of me, but I don't believe they've gone, gotten, like, too high up there yet, you know, relative to what it could be in the finals, right? It's not Thibodeau level yet, but um, there is a case to be made there. But I just think, you know, in the finals, and, you know, they've had this rotation for a while. It's just about playing your best guys and who are the most um, kind of consistent two-way players that you have and that's exactly what they get I mean that three-man unit has mm. come in and made things hard for the Heat like you think that the Heat's bench which has been such a you know a positive for them in this whole playoff run you know comes into the series averaging like way more bench points when you just look at that specific thing you think it'll be an advantage but they've done just a great job mucking things up specifically on the defensive end I think they kind of get some more switching when those units come in and it, it was creating turnovers and getting out. In, I mean, they were getting out in transition as a result of it. Um, and I think, you know, maybe you see a little bit more switching um, in general with or without that bench unit going into next game, because we've seen in the past it can muck things up for the Heat. And they obviously are going to have to adjust. They can be sending the same drops and even coming up 
So the level is going to be hard for them because the Heat are so good and playing out of four on three. So we might see more switching. And I think that, you know, the, the bench unit has kind of been the, I think the lineup that has showed you the success there, like Brown, um, Brown, Christian, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and Jeff Green, I mean, have come in there and just played like solid two-way vets. I mean, and and it's funny because this uh, Christian Brown is a rookie, but that's why he's in that eight-man rotation. They just have, uh, you know, they have two-way players all around Murray, Jokic, and and Porter, if you don't want to consider him one. Brady, is Bam the MVP? Just, let me give this. Does Bam have a chance to win MVP of this series? Definitely. Most definitely. I, I think right now, if the Miami Heat, if the series was over, he's the MVP right now. So if they can continue it. And I said it before the series, like everything was going to be run through him. The fact that you have to deal with Nikola Jokic defensively and then everything is run through you offensively. Like uh, we talk, that's the other thing about the reason I lean Caleb over Duncan is because there are so many guys that can feed Duncan or Bam in the pocket. And it's not just Duncan in this series. We've seen it with Kyle, Gabe, Max, everybody. Because Alex said on the four on threes part of this. And it's like Bam just has all these things to do. And it's not just about the passing that we were talking about before the series. He's literally scoring efficiently and at a high clip and hitting the jumpers that he was pre-All-Star break. We always talk about those dotted line jumpers that he was finding comfort with. He's doing that right now. So he's putting up – he's literally – what is he at? 20 – I think it was like last time I checked. 23, 11, and 5, something around that in this series so far. And having to deal with Nikola Jokic. Like the, the job that he has is so difficult. So, yeah, he definitely has a very – strong case to be made if, if he couldn't kind of find consistency all right want to thank our sponsors I and mean, i'm going to go to alex with the last one here uh keystonechiropractic.com check out our guy dr jonathan chung big supporter of the network here big miami sports fan as well you break wheel fix reach out to mark and his team get the discount there price picks use the code five better edge use the code five rsn um i'll introduce this with a little bit of reporting since for those of you who stuck till the end we reported for a while Tyler Hero was ahead of schedule. We did not report when he was coming back. We've been reporting he's ahead of schedule physically, but that we couldn't guarantee when he was going to come back because there's more to this than just the physical. That's what a lot of people in the organization have said to me over time. Then the Woj report comes out that he's going to be ready for game two. The Heat vehemently denied that at the time to me and others. Didn't end up playing in game two. Then there was this pivot that he's going to end up playing at home in game three, which I always thought if he was healthy made the most sense because you get some time off before it. He gets back in at home, not in the altitude. You don't know what his conditioning is going to be like from a basketball perspective. The guy hasn't played in nearly two months. Okay. I watched him on the court. He looks smooth and all the rest of this. He's going through most of his normal routine, but you just don't know until again, he started to go through some contact drills, but there's also the conditioning and just the confidence uh, in the hand. But Alex are reporting over the past 24 hours. And I posted this on off the floor. And if people are following that, they knew this already was that I wouldn't guarantee him for game three. This feels more to me like a decoy then it feels like him really coming back. And that the Heat wouldn't be the first team to do this. I mentioned this, I think it was 2013, the Bulls against the Heat. Derrick Rose, before every game was questionable, he never played in the series. Okay, that sort of thing happens when you're trying to throw something out there. We know that Spo likes deception. He was pissed off that NBA TV, Jared Greenberg, reported that Kevin Love was going to start. I confirmed that report before Spo even spoke. Spo denied that he had made a decision, and of course we know he had planned on starting Kevin Love all along and, and criticized himself for not doing it. Um, so I don't believe, I'm just going to say this, I don't believe Tyler Hero is going to play in Game 3. And I don't know that Tyler Hero is going to play it all again in this series. But I'll just leave you with this, and you can close with this. Do they need him? Mm, always saving the toughest questions for me. I, 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 it's all a lead up to that. Do they need I, him? At some point, before, in some role, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, something, do they need him to win this? Do they need him? The answer to that question is no. 
Does that mean they should be above playing him if he's healthy? The answer to that, I think, is also no. I just think it's such a tough situation to manage right now. And the vibe that is coming off of not only the reporting that has come from you guys, the reporting that has come from everywhere else, and just like the specific anecdotes, um, you know, like him saying that he's feeling that soreness um, after shooting. And even though the shots look good, and it just feels like all of that is kind of building up to he's not quite ready yet. And I think ideally you'd have him take up a spot in the rotation um, if he was really feeling good. And he, and he was saying that I, I think, you know, maybe I, I, I think you're right that he's not going to play in game three, but, and I think Leif has said this in the past, um, you know, they could just list him as active and mm-hmm. not play him. And that's yeah, also just a similar, similar thing that you're saying as far as the, the decoy type of strategy where mm-hmm. you never know if he's actually going to play or not. Um, and if they just don't want to mess with what they have, it's completely understandable, especially right when the last thing you see is a game where both Duncan and Max right. play really, really well and have like just huge stretches in that game between Max's uh, uh, first quarter and Duncan's second half, just insanely huge production from them. And they're just perimeter motion offense and all that stuff that they're, you know, they're constantly generating good looks out of, you know, um, it's tough to mess with that right now because it's been such a big part of their, their playoff run, their defense first, but their offense has been improved. And we mentioned on another podcast, it's like they finally leaned offense and you look at the playoff, you know, we spent all summer talking about leaning offense and now you look at the playoff roster, I mean, roster, you know, they're in the finals one, one going back into Miami, you know, they have Kevin Love instead of PJ Tucker. They have Mm -hmm. Caleb Martin, a big part of the rotation who obviously, you know, is a bigger threat than what PJ offered you and the team is just hitting from three at a much higher clip than they did in last playoffs. And they're, they're playing off of that so well. I, I think Tyler can fit into it, whether off the bench or as a starter, I think it would likely be off the bench. Like you mentioned a 15 minute or so type of spot. I think he can fit in there, but you know, maybe after a loss, not right now. <laughs> and maybe well, that, after he that... feel a little better. Well, there are some politics to it, and some of it is 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 not this not being blamed on him. There's no question. I, I think the fact that he's come out and said that it's bothering him uh, in some way physically, I think, buys this situation a little bit more time. You mentioned the offensive rating. I looked this up today. The Heat are now third in offensive rating in the playoffs. They were actually right behind where Boston was. Their offensive rating in the playoffs would have been sixth overall in the regular season. Uh, so that gives you an indication because technically things slow down in the playoffs. Uh, and scoring becomes a little bit more difficult. I know pace obviously adjusted as a part of that, but I'm just saying it's it's impressive to see where they've been an elite offensive team in the postseason. There's no question. Like you look at all their numbers across the board, they've been an elite offensive team without Tyler since he scored 12 points through about half of game one of, Mil- of the Milwaukee series. So, uh, but my gut on this is uh, you're not going to see him at all. That's just my gut. I I, I feel like I, I do think he could be active. I do think that this could be a little bit gamesmanship. They certainly don't need the active spot, so they can certainly make him active. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that the conditions have set up, whether it's physically, whether it's the state of the series, whether it's the fact that you're throwing him into this kind of environment after he hasn't played for the last two months. I, I don't get the sense we're going to see. What's interesting is the national media guys, many of whom I'm friends with, spent some time with out there, they all think he's coming back. The locals don't. I'll tell you that. And typically on the Miami Heat, and I'll close with this, there's no offense to any of them, but it's the way that the Heat operate. We know more than they do. I, and so I, I, when, when, when I'm talking to Anthony and to Ira and to others and they don't think he's coming back and the stuff that I've heard is I don't think he's coming back, 
And then the stuff that Greg's getting is he doesn't necessarily think he's coming back and Sean Rochester and others in our network, but I got the national guys all sort of waiting for him to come back. I don't think he's going to be back. I'll just leave it at that. All right. I want to thank Alex. I want to thank Brady. Thanks to our sponsors again. We'll be back for another episode on Tuesday. We'll be at the arena on Wednesday. Good night, everybody.